Apps have changed nearly everything about how we live, how we stay connected socially, how we engage in e-commerce, how we run our businesses. They've also completely transformed the darker world of cybercrime, hacktivism, espionage, and warfare. But why the focus on applications? Simple. They're the reason people use the internet. Applications communicate, calculate, process, store, search, coordinate, and forecast for us. They are the muscles of the business. Thus, they must function when they need to, and they must function as expected. This is Sarah Boddy, Director of Threat Research at F5 Labs. And this is Ray Pompon, Principal Threat Researcher at F5 Labs. And we conducted a year-long research study to see how applications are being attacked. This research, the Application Protection Report, has confirmed what we saw in our own experience. Apps are the primary targets for attackers. So in this four-part podcast series, we're going to share our findings. Some of them are alarming. Some of them are not so surprising at all. And we are going to help you prioritize what you should focus on to reduce your application risk. So this is episode one of a four-part podcast series where Ray and I are really going to dive into what is an app and what that actually means in kind of our modern evolving world, um, because apps are different now than they used to be. Um, And then we're going to get into how they are attacked. Um, This has been about a year in the making um, in terms of the research to do the analysis and discover really what an app is, and then try to figure out a way to to demystify it, um, for lack of a better term, and and try to explain it in a way that's easily consumable, not just by security professionals, but by business professionals, so you can start to begin to secure things in a way that's has a common understanding across business lines. So um, without getting too much into the details, Ray, how about you tell us like how you even started this research project in terms of where you started, um, just with defining what an app actually is? So that's an interesting question. So when I was handed this project, and I, I was just thrilled to, to really kind of dive deep into apps, because apps is something that I think is are really interesting. Um, I looked at, at like, well, how are applications actually attacked? And, and I started going through, and I, and I am somewhat fairly of a technical person and, and some experience in web app attacks and, and pen testing in that area, and started coming up to like, okay, you know, you, you hit the web server. You mess with some server-side scripting. You do a SQL injection. And I started to build this giant dartboard of all the different pieces and parts that get whacked and realizing this is part of why this is confusing. This is why it's mystifying. There's a lot of different moving parts that can get messed with that are all glued together all over the Internet. Sometimes sometimes they're in a cloud. Sometimes they're on-prem. Sometimes they're both. And I I started to think about, like, how can we... organize this and put this together into a single framework that people can understand for both attack and defense. And that's when we started to build um, what we call the tiers. And this was a lot of collaborative work amongst my team and external partners and researchers to think about. Analysts, even? Analysts, yes. I definitely looked a lot at what the industry was, how the industry thinks of apps and app security and built these different tiers to, to represent what, what I came up with this whole concept of like apps are colony creatures. Mm-hmm. They don't exist as just like, you know, a web server running some code. There's dependent layers. There's pieces that are, that are far flung that you may not think of directly as part of an app. And so when we built this model, we, we looked at all the different attacks and like, okay, now they can start slotting into different things and different ways to look at it. And then this drove a lot of our research because now we said, now we need to get data on these things. So who can be your research partners? What pieces do we need to answer the questions based on these tiers? Mm -hmm. Um, So who do we use to help us with that? um, Again, we use Lorca, who's been a great partner of ours, to give us essentially 
a year of attack data across the internet of of showing you know I want I basically said show me all the web attacks that you saw over 2017 which you know they have tens of thousands of sensors all over the world giving me you know a, a kind of a live eye view of what's what's going on what what shots are being fired and then on the other side I went to White Hat Security a, a longtime partner of, of F5 and they gave me a lot of the vulnerability data so I asked for a year of vulnerability data both their their dynamic and static testing of code to look at where the holes are, where where the big problems are across some of the biggest apps on the internet. And then we looked at, okay, now let's look at actually what the breaches are happening. And I, I made a, a cold, hard look at all the breach records. And that was an interesting thing since um, you get those letters in the mail like, you know, security is the number one importance for us, but we're sorry your data was stolen. Those letters are actually online for many states' attorneys general although it requires a lot of expertise to be able to read and interpret them. Mm -hmm. So I I leveraged some help with Whatcom Community College's cybersecurity faculty, and they actually went through and read hundreds of letters for me from from different states to start to build me a picture of what breaches were happening and and what the causes were. And then we also looked at exploits. So these are the canned scripts that actually execute the attacks, and and pen testers use them and attackers use them. So I also had them go through all the exploit data. And then finally, we wanted to really hear from you out there what people are doing, what CISOs and, and architects' decisions are, are being made and how they think about apps. So we engaged Ponymon and did a, a giant survey across the internet, all a bunch of different countries. We had over 3,000 different respondents tell us about what apps they're using, what's important, what happens, how do they feel when they get attacked, what is it costing them, and what are they using to defend it? Mm-hmm. And then rather just singularly put this together in, in a report with these data sources, we actually started to blend them together to answer risk questions. Because, you know, when you do a risk analysis, you really have multiple components. And so we put this all together and started to try to answer this question about how are apps attacked and how should we defend them. Yeah. I love the way that um, this report came together. Ray and I both came from the consulting world. Um, you know, and, and we used to do this kind of work for clients all the time, right? We'd go through a discovery phase, we'd inventory all of their apps, and then you'd start doing scans and, mm-hmm. um, you know, analyzing configs, and you'd start figuring out the risk, and then you do some calculations for them, right? We literally did this at a global scale for applications as a whole across the world, which I think is, I think it's super useful to everybody in the security world. You can literally take this report and apply it to your own company. And, and the one thing that we didn't do intentionally to kind of close the loop on defining a risk score um, was really that calculation of impact as it relates to a particular business. We, right. we gave the consumers what your peers say, mm-hmm. but it's up to you to plug in that final number. And then you literally have all the ingredients you need, you need to calculate risk score from an application security standpoint. So exactly. I love how that all came together. Exactly. And actually, you touched on something that there was a, something that was I've brought up over and over again, and it's actually in the report as, as a major recommendation, is understanding your apps. So mm-hmm. we asked a lot of questions to people about what apps they're using and how they're using them. And it's an interesting picture. But it was also to look at how many people weren't didn't really know what they had. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, to do a risk analysis, you need to know what you have. You need to know where the data is. You need to know what's important. You need to know what can never go down, what can never be tampered with. And and it's a struggle for some organizations to find. I realize it's a difficult problem. I've had to fight that problem for decades, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's an ongoing program. It's, every, it's, every security administrator right. on the planet. Although you know, many I don't realize that that if they were going to do nothing else, that would be the first thing they should be doing. Yep. 
you know, don't be running out there and buying all kinds of cool security anti-APT tools. Figure out what you have. Yeah. And then... What are you trying to protect? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's interesting. So there's a stat in the report um, that says that lack of visibility is the biggest challenge to application security. So CISOs all the way on down don't understand what apps they have in their environment and then specifically what those apps are even comprised of. A lot of the times when you figure out like what's actually in your app, what's running, what third party, you know, tools you've implemented and and God forbid like what level of operating system you're on, sometimes you don't figure that out until you're getting attacked. Right? Well and you brought up a great point there. So that lack of visibility is it's something that I saw over and over again, even before this report in just mm -hmm. conversations with customers. And it was something that, that and uh, this is a great intro to talk about the tiers that we built. So it, by developing this model of a way to think about apps and attacks, it gives people a framework to hang their thoughts on about how to, how to have conversations about app risk. And so, you know, you start with the, the basic concept, you have a client and, you're, and you have an app. And a client can be anything from a browser to a f mobile phone. And I've done a bunch of work in mobile apps as well. And a lot of mobile apps are really are just sort of you know modified browsers talking to something with an API, usually over HTTPS. So they do look like a web app in many cases. So you have a client, you have an app. So what's the app look like? At, at the highest layer, we have the services layer, or the services tier, we should say. We didn't want to confuse people with the OSI layer, so we started using the word tier. Mm -hmm. um, the services tier is what you consider the, the normal things that people think when you say, what's an, what's an app, what's a web app? You know, it's the web server, it's the content distribution systems, it's the databases, it's the scripting, it's the, the code, the internal code, the external code, it's the third-party libraries. That's the services. Fine. And we do find that's where a majority of attacks are happening now. There's a lot in there. Yeah. But below that, we have the access layer. And it's useful to think of access as its own component within the app. Because in some cases, yeah, it's baked into the code itself. And in many cases, it's something you point off to like federate or to use some sort of authentication system. And, and when you look at it from an attack and defense point of view, having access as a separate tier is is very interesting and very useful. It can also be pretty complicated too because people that are building their own web apps will build their own role-based access architecture into their applications and that gets very complicated as well. So yes. that also is a, yes. could be a large rabbit hole. We've had many interesting um, stories and conversations on labs about access and some of the problems and attacks that happen there. So it, it totally made sense to pull it. And again, that was a number two area that we saw that apps were getting whacked on. Mm -hmm. um, below that, we have the encryption layer, TLS, and, and that is because... Or hopefully TLS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't use SSL anymore, you guys. SSL's out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, um, encryption's an important part, and it's a an attack service. We all saw that with Heartbleed when we all kind of got yep. caught with our, with our shorts down. That, that this is not only you know, a, a vital component of our apps, but it's, it's a new attack avenue. Um, below that, we have DNS, and, and DNS isn't just something that people use in the clients. Yeah, you know, people don't type in www.f5.com, they, or they don't type an IP address, they do, you know, f5.com. Yes, that's an important part of the client. It's also part of the app, because you have all these different components within an app. They're not talking to each other by hard-coded IP addresses, or I certainly hope they are not, because that would make a very brittle app. I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So those are using domain names as well. And it's a very interesting attack avenue because it bypasses a lot of security. And we see that as a major weak spot 
in, in defense. And so we, we call that out as, as a thing to look at. Mm -hmm. And at the base layer, we have the network. The network is the glue that ties all of these components together. And again, this is, you know, this is where your DDoS attacks come in. This is where your man-in-the-middle attacks. This is kind of a great way to, to dig under the infrastructure and get into an app. So with these, these tiers, services, access, TLS, DNS, and network, this is the context that we talk about all these attacks and all these defenses. And it, uh, I'm hoping to make this less mystifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in this podcast series, we're going to get into in detail in episodes two through four um, about how those specific tiers actually get attacked. So we're going to we're going to double down on that into detail. Um, but this first episode is really just to kind of demystify what is an app really. Um, so Ray, I have a question for you since we've worked together for on and off 18, 19 years, maybe dating ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has app security. Yeah, exactly. That'd be over. Yeah. So has app security changed much in your mind in terms of how apps function and how they are attacked over the last 20 years? Yeah, definitely. So I was say, aside from growth. Yeah. From aside from, So the interesting thing is I say when I started um, working with you formally, actually at the same company many, many years ago, um, I was doing pen testing. Mm -hmm. That was one of the, the, the practices I helped build up. And, and, Ray, and that, Ray taught me about vulnerability scanning. <laughs> well, and and I get out of jail free cards. <laughs> <laughs> you must sign this paperwork <laughs> before I finish this assessment. And, and what we often found was the uh, the easiest way to break into a to a an organization was through the app. Uh -huh. uh, there was uh -huh. all because every still is the case. Yeah, exactly. Because they were all unique snowflakes, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like oh, I'm going to attack you know a Microsoft Office product where you know they spend thousands of hours building this code and looking at it. Whereas like you know a major online retailer is going to build a one-off app that they're going to use for all their shopping. So of course, and it's it's got you know thousands of lines of code written by hundreds of people over years. There's going to be gaps there that we're going to get in. So that mm -hmm. was. That's where I started. So again, the difference I see now is yes, the proliferation. And now, you know, 20 years on, we have more of them. We have people who are less professional putting them out there with more frameworks, more different libraries and bits and pieces that they can glue together. And so you see more, you know, bigger mistakes and, and bigger problems just spreading all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned for future podcasts. Um, and, and, and it is interesting. We are seeing a recurrence of the same old attacks that we've been seeing for the last 20 years, but there is an emergence of some new attack types that are also important to talk about. Yes. Um, so again, stay tuned to the next podcast and we'll get into those in detail. Awesome.